0: Welcome to the Talk Show for Talkers on irishtalkers.com. Welcome, listeners. Welcome to the Talk Show for Talkers. And welcome to an episode today, which is really pushing the boundaries within Toastmasters because it's all about two districts in Toastmasters International collaborating together. And today we have for you... We have the Club Growth Director-elect, Diane Richardson, who has recently won an election in District 91 to be on their board of directors. Very, for those of you who don't know anything about Toastmasters, that's a really high influential position. And, uh, And she's going to be in conversation with a man who hasn't yet become Club Growth Director Ted Malanfi. He uh, he is a man who's grown many many purposeful events, and Ted is a real growth guy. He will grow your self esteem and grow your knowledge because he's a skilled health and safety trainer and consultant. So today, today's episode: Ted Malanfi and Diane Richardson. Having a wonderful conversation together enjoy
1: and Thank you Paul. That's a very glowing introduction and Diane, you heard what Paul was saying there and during our conversation earlier you said that you're a graphic a graphic designer is that it?
2: I am yes
1: I specialize in branding oh, interesting specialize in branding so is that what you do outside of Toastmasters as is, is that that that's
2: obviously your your business? Yes, I now do a lot more about the management and the strategy of branding, but I started out as a graphic designer on excellent focusing on branding projects.
1: So when you're doing some of those posters and and stuff for District 91, do do you do this canvas stuff that we've we, we've been educated about recently, about the different colours and the, the pantones and stuff like that that we have to
2: use? Uh, yes, I mean, that, that's meat and drink to me, but I, I don't use Canva. I use professional Adobe designer software. Oh, I see, Roger. Right, yeah, that's interesting,
1: yeah. But what about the restriction from the point of view of Toastmasters and the brand and the
2: colors? You know, there are certain pantones you, you, you're restricted to. That That's fine. Quite often, a, an identity gets into trouble when people just ignore the rules totally. The rules are there as a guideline. Okay. So I did I was the first ever worldwide brand director for Amnesty International. Well done. So we had a palette of colours. We had here. set typefaces. And what that does, it means that we were suddenly getting bit in the Republic of Ireland or in Spain or South America or wherever the states. They were all starting to come together. And have a similar appearance, but they all still had their unique feel. So you could tell immediately it was something from Amnesty, because of the colours are typefaces, the messaging. And it's the same with Toastmasters. Toastmasters' colours are specified and they're pretty unique colours. And so long as you don't muck around with the logo, you use the right typefaces, they can be quite they can be interpreted in all sorts of different ways. Mm. I just interpret them in a way that perhaps other people wouldn't. And I know once or twice I've gone a bit too far, and I've been told I've got to rein it back by the brand people in the States. But occasionally, you know, that's my nature. I've sat on that side of the fence, so I just want to push as hard as I can against the fence. Of course, yeah. But, you know, I've got many, many years' experience of that, yeah. Fantastic. Actually, you know? a defense, so I know where to push and where not to. Yeah, and when you mentioned
1: typeface, there because in another life I was a printer. I know a certain amount about typefaces, and the interesting thing about Steve Jobs is when he decided to leave university, that the course that he took up was well, not so much about typography; it was calligraphy. And ten years later, he was the person who came up with uh, inventing the. Personal computer, and it was all based on what he had learned in that particular class of calligraphy, which was very interesting. So he was, he could see, he had the vision of what he wanted to do and look what he did after with
2: it. Exactly. I'm of an age where I learned uh, my typography on hot metal. Yeah, hot metal. That's what he so, was with two hot metal, yeah. Well so for those who don't know what hot metal is, instead of sitting at the keyboard typing in and all of a sudden and then just writing your cursor over a typeface and then clicking somewhere else in the window to decide what typeface it is, hot metal basically means that letters are cast in a lead-tin combination. Mm. And, of course, that it was incredibly dangerous. It was quite an environmentally unfriendly kind of situation. But it's the way that had been done basically since Gutenberg. So there was no great revolution until the Apple PC came along and all of a sudden things started to happen, the way the interface worked with people. And, it's not, and and that meant that all of these hidden skills, because certainly in the UK, and I don't know what it was like in in, in Ireland, but same in Ireland, you had compositors who learn how to typeset would spend about four or five years learning their trade. That's right. And now everyone just goes go straight at it and that allows people to be incredibly creative. Mm. But It sometimes means that they've missed perhaps some of the detail about and how to fix things like the lines, I call it leading, but that shows my age. Yeah, yeah, line, really good. yeah, I like it. Line, line yeah. shaping and things like yeah. that. Yeah. And if you talk to people about Salinas, they'll look at you as if you're a complete idiot. But actually, <laughs> Salinas is a slash. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Uh, brilliant.
0: Yeah. And Paul has his hand hard. up. Paul, you want to ask a question? If I can come in with left field, uh, uh, Diane, on, on this t- a two-part question. One is I, I know that District 91 doesn't or doesn't yet have a podcast that it supports So I want to, would love to find out, you know, is that in any way on your agenda using podcasting as a way of growing membership and hopefully helping to set up clubs, which and so would that be part of your marketing plan? Because I know that Club Growth Director's number one job is to bring into existence um, the marketing plan or look after it and use it so where does podcasting fit in the marketing mix is one uh, small question and the second question really is um because the listeners in 91 who will be tuned into this will be huge because they want to know you know what does diane richardson intend to do in our district when she takes over the reins on the first of july it is uh, okay what are your three big uh, your three big things for District 91 looking ahead. Because District 71, of course, has its conference and will have its own, you know, marketing plan and its own plans for next year. So I'd love to hear about ninety-one.
2: Okay. There are no plans at present for a podcast. That's partly because we in District 91 have a whole portfolio suite of over 50 digital adverts. that can be used on Facebook, Instagram, and there's, the copy has already been written, so all clubs have to do is change the hashtags and post them. So there's going to be a lot of emphasis on getting the message out there using Facebook, um, down, my, down my street or up my street, or whatever it's called, and um, Meetup and Eventbrite and other programs like that. That's the first part of the strategy. The second part of the strategy is we need to Boost the numbers per club. If you look at the average numbers of per club at the moment, it's 18 in, 70, in D71, and it's just over 20 in D91. Last year in D91 in January, we were at 33 members a club. So it gives you an idea of how hard the pandemic was hit. So the first strategy has to be the first footballing has to be to boost members. Per club, because that then means you start to generate the energy. And it, it then becomes a, a virtuous circle. You start getting energy, you start getting better meetings. Guests come along, they want to, they want to join because they they enjoy the experience, and it then builds nicely. Secondly, there is still opportunities for growing new clubs, and some of the new. What's interesting is that some of the new clubs that are out there, all offer something that is unique. So Pegasus offers three meetings a month, one of which includes guest speakers that makes people want to join because they're getting something in addition to the usual Toastmasters kind of experience. And, and that is one of the reasons why I think the club has succeeded. Other clubs like in London, Excalibur, and One Four Debaters, have also done very well in boosting their numbers. So maybe we instead of just thinking about, okay, we're just offering it Toastmasters as a speech only thing, you need to perhaps think about performing a new club. Well, how else can we add value to the Toastmasters experience? And everyone's going to come up with different ideas because no one has a monopoly on great ideas. And you never know where the next one's going to come from. But I will be encouraging uh, people to think about how they can add and differentiate their club from the other clubs so that they're offering something new because you can't just keep finding more and more different locations for clubs because there are only so, so many large population centres. There are certainly gaps in both D71 and b 91 Why is it that, say, Cardiff has only got one club Whereas Dublin, which is a city of roughly the same size, uh, has—you'll have to correct me here if I get this wrong—but has something like fifteen or twenty clubs, doesn't it?
0: One uh, just a point there, Diane. Just a point there. Cork, which is a county, which is way, way tinier than Dublin, has uh, twenty active club, twenty active clubs in Cork.
2: Yeah. But you have an advantage for, you have to Very
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, good. Uh, but, you know, Diane, tell me, what what is your opinion about a situation like this? Let's just pick a place like, oh, let's say Wimborne, right? Yep. Wimborne is a, mm, a medium-sized town in a county in the south of England, right? It's a yep. place we used to live near. So let's imagine Wimborne has a club. It doesn't matter whether it does or doesn't, right? And that club meets on a Tuesday. What I'd love to know your thoughts about this. Of course, there are a whole load of people in Wimborne who that night is football practice. That's uh, the local football club and the hockey club and the whatever. That's the main night for coaching. And the bridge club meets on Tuesday night. And also, there happens to be a business networking group that also meets on that Tuesday. Now, what do you think, Diane, about the idea that Wimborne should have a club that meets at a totally different time and day in the week? What's your view on that?
2: I would encourage it to build the club uh, on a different night of the evening. What I would also do is, before you put a lot of effort into it, is do some market research. Work out what your audience is. When all these other activities are on, you know, if you've got all of these things happening on a Tuesday, then guys don't do a Tuesday night. Find a Wednesday or a Monday or a Thursday, or even, and there are one two clubs in D91 that meet uh, either in the Saturday morning or early mornings during the week. Yes, I, that, that's when- the best time for them to to meet. So you don't have to sort of think, yeah, the club's got to be at seven. Yeah, 7.15 on a Tuesday night or anything like that find your gap in the market and then work out what your USP is and then push hard because it's not easy setting up a club from scratch but it's not impossible because lots and lots of people have done it in the past and we as a club growth team will be there to support you we can't do it for you because we don't have the time but we're there to support you give you guidance offer the help that you need to get up and running
0: that's wonderful to hear. And uh, I wish you, I personally wish you a tremendous success. Uh, I hope you, I think your existing membership, what might it be, about three and a half thousand or something? Um, it's roughly that, yes. Uh, so I wish you, I wish you five thousand members this time next year.
1: Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, well done, Diane. I wish you the very best of luck as well in your in that particular role. And you mentioned Saturday mornings. Two of our clubs in Cork actually they meet on Saturday mornings every week, and they are probably two of our more successful clubs: Bishopstown and West Cork Toastmasters. And they meet yes. at eleven o'clock until twelve thirty or
2: one o'clock. Yeah. So there's no rule says it has to be an evening meeting.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Think creatively. Yeah, well done. Thank you for your wise words, Diane, and thank you for being our guest this week on the Talk Show for Talkers. It's been a pleasure having you in the studio with us, and we really appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule to be with us. So thank you, Diane. You're welcome. Thank you. And that's all from the Talk Show for Talkers for this week, and we'll see you again next week when we'll have a brand new guest. Bye. Bye Bye-bye, listeners.